Primary threat spotted. Moving into position. The grades of strength and certainty of steel. Cadia marks the boundary where reality and unreality meet. Of course, we didn't expect to die out here. You know, I'm beginning to wish I'd asked for more money. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. D20Radio.com Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with my friend Simon, and today we are going to be talking all about Warhammer, Kill Team, the hobby, getting back in after taking a break, all kinds of really fun things. And I, I think this is going to be a great episode because I know with the coronavirus, a lot of people have a, a little bit more extra time. And a lot of people have also begun to look at, you know, some of their older models and the hobby of miniatures and Warhammer. And although they might not be able to necessarily get into the bigger games or they're not interested in jumping into Ninth Edition just quite yet, Kill Team is still really accessible because you only need, you know, maybe, maybe 10 models. And that's like a lot of models for Kill Team. So you could start playing with friends, family, mates, really whoever you want with, you know, a literally handful of models the rule book and some dice. And I think that's one of the best things about this game, but enough about me and kill team and how excited I am to talk about this. But Simon, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history of playing uh, Warhammer and miniatures? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I'm trying to remember when I actually got into it. I think I was like 12 or 13. Um, and I think like a lot of people, it was, it was space crusade. Um, and I think that I actually, I, rem I remember for Christmas, my parents got me a, like a, a basketball net that was supposed to go up above the garage and the garage wasn't tall enough. So it was a bit of a pointless gift. So we took it back um, to the toy shop and, and we were sort of figuring out what, what might be a, uh, a good um, present to swap it for. And I spotted this game on the shelf, which was Space Crusade. And I didn't know what it was. I just liked the artwork and stuff like that. And then, so I petitioned my my dad to uh to pick that up for me and and that that was my first sort of foray into it and I don't really remember how that connected then into games workshop but I think it was probably just a case of like walking past it in in you know in the in the, in the nearest town um and then just sort of going in and, and going from there um and this was around so then I would go into the you know games workshop and um at some point I would have picked up 40k and at that point it was second edition i think um with the blood angel captain like on the on the front cover um and 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 it just sort of went from there really i had like i had a couple of friends who who played 40k um and but at that time you still sort of like had to organize with your parents about having somebody over and and that kind of thing so it it was back then it was it was more sort of getting into into the painting than it was the gaming um, whereas now it's kind of the opposite way around, really. Okay. So when when Kill Team came out, there was a lot of hustle and bustle because this was an opportunity to play miniatures on a shorter scale. You could get in multiple games in the time you might get one 
big 1500 or 2000 point army. And a lot of people, even today, still really enjoy Kill Team, although it's been a little quiet on the forefront of like rules, books, updates, things like that. But it's still doing, I mean, I think it's still doing fairly well. Um, what brought you into Kill Team? Because there's, there's a lot of different reasons people have been attracted to it. And each individual story is always uh, really fun to listen to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I suppose, yeah, back when um, back when I was sort of playing 40K, like I say, around second edition um, and at the sort of at the back end of, of, of my time with the hobby then, it uh, I was sort of really getting into Necromunda and that that to me, that was the first time I played like a skirmish uh, game or, or, you know, a, a Games Workshop game that didn't require a load of miniatures. I think from memory, like at the time, all there was really back then was um, Blood Bowl um, and I think like maybe Mano War. I didn't think you had like too many miniatures in that. Um, and then I think just around that time as well, you had Battlefleet Gothic, um, which was super new, but Necromunda to me was my first foray into, into skirmishes, which was a bit more sort of darker. It's a bit more sort of like guerrilla warfare. And, and for whatever reason, I don't really know why that sort of spoke to my tabletop gaming sensibilities. So, um, (laughs) who knows why? Um, and then, and then I sort of, I, I went to university and I, I basically took what equated to a, a, a 20 year break from, from, from the hobby. It was always kind of like in, in the background somewhere, like I would check the website or just sort of buy a single white dwarf or, or, or something like that. But I, I wasn't gaming, I wasn't painting, wasn't doing anything. Um, and, and that was for around 20 years. And then my, my parents decided to, um, sell their house and, and up and their hoarders. So up in, um, uh, uh, loft or, uh, attic, I guess, um, you, they just had everything. They had all my figures. They had everything from, from back in the day. So they wanted to clear it all out. So I sort of took these big boxes of, of, of everything. And I had hundreds of miniatures that, you know, there was space Marines and orcs and, and Imperial guard and all my Necromunda stuff and, and whatnot. Um, and, and I had sort of vaguely been aware that all that stuff sort of sold like all the old hammer stuff, quote unquote. And so I, I sort of got started getting back into all of the lore and just sort of reading up on everything that had happened in those 20 years um, in order to sell this stuff. And, and, and during that process, it sort of reignited or, re, you know, sort of re-sparked my, my love for the lore and, and, and the, the figures and, and the, the gaming element of it. Um, but I didn't want to get back into 40K, you know, as sort of like a big battles i didn't want to own you know a hundred of odd miniatures to in order to field a, an army and things like that so it, it was a case of oh they've um you know they've re-released necromunda at the time so i'll look at that um and then and then i noticed that they'd re-released or not re-released um that they'd bought out kill team um and I, and again that just sort of like spoke to my oh well i used to really love 40k and here is a you know, 40k crossed with Necromunda essentially. Um, and, and that was, that was really exciting to me. Um, and, and then at the, at the time I was like, well, I, I want to, so this was sort of last year really. And then I was, I just sort of thought to myself, well, I want to own as few miniatures as I possibly can, but, but I really want to play both <laughs> games. 
Um, because, it, you know, I have other stuff going on in my life. And, and while I want, I really, really do enjoy it, I don't really have a lot of, you know, sort of time resource essentially to sort of be um, getting back into just sort of hoarding miniatures and, and, and things like that. So, I, you know, I was being very adult. I was like, well, I just want, what can I do to sort of play both games? Um, and then I realized that Gene Steel Occult, um, which was kind of, they, it was a thing back in second edition, but not as much as it is now. Um, and so it was like, oh, Gene Steel Occult. You, and they just released the Gene Steel Occult rules for, for Necromunda. So I was like, oh, I could, if I get some um, Gene Steel Occult figures, then I can run, you know, that faction across both games. Um, so that's what I did. I, I, I sold all my old Hammer stuff and, and that essentially paid for um, a bunch of new Gene Steel Occult stuff, um, which I play across, um, yeah, Kill Team and Necromunda. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that, that was sort of how I got into it. It was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a conscious thing. It, it was a, oh, well, I'll, I'll sell all my old stuff because it's a, it's a thing, you know, sort of like the eighties toy boom and that. Um, and, and during my learning, you know, what it was worth and, you know, it just sort of accidentally got, got back into it. <laughs> so that, that kind of brings us into one of the main topics I wanted to discuss, and that is uh, getting back into the hobby after taking a break. Well, we know that we have lots of friends who have played and we have some of those friends want to get back in, but sometimes they feel a little intimidated because of a lot of different potential variables, you know, the price, uh, the time it takes to play, all the models they may or may not have to purchase, so on and so forth. There's a lot of things that can be intimidating in the realm of any kind of game, but miniatures kind of have this stigma of, oh my gosh, I have to spend like hundreds or thousands of dollars just to even just play one singular game. And with Kill Team, that is absolutely not the case. But tell us a little bit about your story, because I think ours are a little bit different, but um, what was that feeling? I guess the first question we'll start off with, what was that feeling when you first started considering getting back into the world of miniatures via Necromunda or, I mean, either or Kill Team, because you were able to find a single faction that crossed both games, which I think is really cool that Games Workshop has that capacity that if you want to play multiple games, you can play one faction, you don't have to buy multiple things if you don't want to. And I think that's a great play by them. But um, what what was that thing that you, did you struggle with anything, I guess? You know, were you looking at, hey, I want to do Necromunda, but, you know, I don't know if I want to pay for it. Or like, what, what was that that starting point that you had to jump off from? I, I think actually it was, it was it was quite easy. I mean, the, the hardest thing. I mean, when, so when I was younger, um, when, sort of when I was a, a kid, sort of early teens or whatever, doing it, um, it, it was for me anyway. I don't know about other people's experience, but for me, it was all very much centered around the shop, like Games Workshop. It was if you if if you wanted to play, then you you were most likely to get a game if, uh, to go there. Like I say, I, I had a couple of friends who 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 bought it but at at that time there was like quite a bit of stigma attached to the hobby and I, uh, coming back into it is actually um amazed me how how much it's come on since then there doesn't there doesn't seem to be that same stigma um a, a, attached to it as a, as a hobby which is fantastic because it you know i think it gives um kids and, and young people an incredible um outlet you know uh uh 
just creative outlet. Um, so it, it was pleasing to sort of see that that had somewhat gone away or, 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 or if it hasn't, then certainly I'm seeing it through different lenses. Um, and, and like you said, the, it was, imp- it was helpful to me that, you know, to come back into the skirmish games, um, because again, something like kill team, uh, is a little bit different, but obviously kill team, you can play it in like half an hour. Um, you know, some of the, some of the missions and some of the objectives and stuff like that, I've seen games happen in like 20 minutes. Um, and and while that might not be the, you know, the, the goal for a lot of people, I think for, you know, I, I have, um, well, you know, had, I still have a busy life, but before lockdown, it was, it was, uh, particularly busy and so it was a case of well I, I would really love to revisit this but i don't know if i can give it the the time that sort of you know 40k be it second or ninth edition um needs you know where you're talking about you know half a you know half a day to game maybe or like with the apocalypse stuff like entire weeks or you know, weekends or weeks or whatever to play it um so so the skirmish things was like well th- this is fantastic i can i can get back into it sort of quite lightly um and you know play when I want and, and, and it will take, you know, maybe an hour, you know, two hours and, and I can sort of dip in, dip out and, and, and that's it. Um, but yeah, like I say, when I was a kid, it was very much all centered around the shop. Um, what I sort of realized in, in my adulthood, um, was that there's a whole world of, of, of gaming clubs. Um, so it, you know, just sort of having a quick Google of obviously, which wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm 37 years old. So, you know, back when I was doing it, there wasn't really any, internet as like we know it now so you know just a quick google was like oh there's two gaming clubs near where i am uh send them a message and 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 they were incredibly welcoming and um you know of somebody who was thinking about getting back in or just wanted to come in and and you know have have a couple of games and see if i still liked it and and you know i could go along with like my old school at the time i didn't have any jeans to the cult but i had my old school like orlocks from from Necromunda so just sort of went along for for a couple of games and then somebody there had a a spare um like space marine um uh, band um uh, kill team so showed me through kill team as well um and and so it was it was easy from the point of view that the resources were um it felt like there was more resources than, than than when I was a kid um like I say just being able to easily find gaming groups those gaming groups were um very open and, and uh, welcoming uh, to me, and and like you say, the, the the ease by which you can sort of cross, if you want to, you know, use a particular faction to cross over between two different games. Um, the fact that I could quite easily just buy a rule book, I didn't have to buy the whole game. I didn't buy the whole Necromunda game, um, for example, or the um, or the Kill Team game. I just bought the rule book because those gaming clubs had all the scenery and and, and things like that. So I could just buy a rule book and sit down and and learn how to play a kill team, um, like in my own time. Um, and so for me, it didn't feel like there was a a great deal of difficulty or or, or necessarily any outlay. And I, I suppose part of that is, you know, for, for the from the skirmish point of view, you only like you say you only need ten miniatures. You don't need forty, fifty miniatures to field an army. Um, yeah, so it, it it felt quite easy, and and because I was open to it, and I enjoyed the lore, and and I, and I, you know, I had a certain sentimental attachment to it. It felt like it was quite easy to to come back to. So, with that being said, I know there are people who are listening who are interested in taking the plunge, but 
might not be sure about it. And I think you're probably a, a really great person to talk to considering uh, you jumped, well, like most people I know who are interested in taking the jump have stopped playing maybe in like seventh or eighth edition. Like they're very recent and they're just kind of like, I don't know if I want to get back in. Or I don't really know. And, you know, you went from like second edition all the way up to Kill Team, which was like eighth, seventh or eighth edition, however you want to look at it. But, um, you know, for people who are just kind of contemplating making this decision, since you had such a positive experience, what kind of like tips would you give to them um, for the, like I said, the people who are kind of sitting on that fence thinking about like, well, should I, shouldn't I, I don't know if I want to, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, I, I think really it is just as simple as, as, as having a Google of what gaming clubs um, are around. And, and like I say, like absolutely go go to the games workshops and, and, and have them you know, show you the new setups and show you the new games and, and, uh, and just, I, I suppose, run you through what has changed. Like a hell of a lot of changed, between, like, like, like you said, between second edition and, and, and eighth, which I suppose is where I, you know, the timeline that I, I came back into, like they just introduced like all the um, Primaris stuff, um, which was like, all right, so all the old, all these old space Marines are, you know, redundant now. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think, just have a Google of, of like a local gaming club and, and go along. I mean, I suppose that was possibly the sort of the, you know, quote unquote scariest thing is, is walking into, you know, a gaming club on, on your own, uh, you know, after however many years, I suppose that's the, the, the scariest thing, if you could call it that. Um, but that really just comes down to whether you're okay meeting new people, I guess. But um, it was very much, a, you know, I, I, th- I, was, I was speaking to one particular um, member um, a little bit before. And so there was sort of an element of like being taken under their wing um, and, and, and just sort of spending, you know, three hours at this gaming club, which I'd never done before I'd, as a kid. It was either playing with a couple of my friends or playing um, at the shop um, and going to a gaming club where, where there's, you know, in, in this particular one, there was sort of 10 10 or 15 tables with everybody playing different games. Um, and it was very much sort of a really cool community feel. Um, and of, of people of all different levels as well. You know, I'd, I'd looked through uh, the rule book a bit, um, but it was very much showing me how to play. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think just having a quick Google and, and getting some advice. There's so many groups on, on Facebook um, of you know covering kill team and covering the, the skirmish element of, of the games workshop stuff now um, and just sort of going on there and you know asking around and, and yeah looking up your local group as well um, and like getting involved in like there's a you know a couple of discord servers that you know I'd never used discord before but it was um, you know just an- another um, outlet to sort of get in- involved with with the community where it felt quite closed off when I was a kid because kind of technology didn't exist it was either the shop or you needed to have mates and i had a couple of mates and i could get to the shop every now and then but now you can really involve yourself in it um which i found to be um sort of somewhat infectious um which is great yeah yeah and with covid being you know a thing we're having to deal with across the entire world i know that hobby shops are starting to kind of open like it depends on where you are like um, in America, they're 
it, it really just depends on where you are. Like where I'm at, my shops are closed, but I know lots of other shops in other states like uh, Virginia, Texas, Orlando, so uh, Florida, uh, they're opening up. Um, I know it. Um, people are starting to have their own little communities where, you know, if their shop isn't open, they'll have like one or two people over. Maybe they'll have like a four-person little game night or whatever because they're trying to keep the maximum amount of people down so they don't expose themselves to potentially getting sick. But um, what does it look like for you over in the UK? Because, I mean, you know, America and the UK, although we all play the same game, that doesn't necessarily mean we're playing with the same kind of infrastructure, especially with uh, the pandemic going on in this current state of affairs. Yeah, so over, over here at the moment, largely um, shops are open. Um, pr- pretty much everything is open. Um, you have to wear masks everywhere, which is fine. Um, but what, what I have seen is that a lot of the clubs, a lot of the gaming clubs are not operating. So, and you sort of might feel that almost that might be the other way around. Um, but, but actually, yeah, shop, shop, shops are open. So games workshops are all open. Um, but the gaming clubs are not largely because of, um, not being able to, uh, the guidelines saying that you're not allowed to um, congregate in, in groups uh, at the moment, more than six people. Um, but but what that what that has meant, I think, uh, certainly in the few sort of WhatsApp groups and, and, and various other groups that I, um, you know, local gaming groups, is that people are, you know, safely and responsibly, people are having more sort of one-on-one games that they're organizing their time so that they can go and have one-on-one games. Um, and so this, it's not like that that community has, has disappeared in any way. It's just that it's happening in less of a a group setting. Um, so yeah, it seems to have sort of, uh, yeah, gone offline, I, I, I guess you, I guess you could say. Um, and I suppose, a few more people sort of engaging with like the like the various video games and things like that that have that have been coming out on from them but um but yeah it, certainly for me i mean i i haven't actually had the opportunity to play since everything started opening up here again which is which is a bit of a shame but it, you know we'll get back to it but um but yeah it, it seems to have gone back to people playing each other you know sort of one on one you know, safely in in their own bubbles or whatever, rather than the groups being open. But I don't know whether the shops themselves are running any sort of games. I can't imagine they would, because like you say, they would, you know, attract more people than than they are able to deal with, I suppose. Yeah, I find that very interesting that depending on where you are in America, it's like a 50-50 if the shop is open. And then in the UK, you guys have all of your shops open. I kind of wish it was that way here because I'd, I'd love to get a game in. I'm just kind of, you know, stuck for obvious reasons everyone wants to stay safe and avoid any kind of a kerfuffle um but something i have noticed and you've kind of touched on this in the conversation that we've had today is that the community usually as a whole is really really fun really accepting just a lot of great people minus those one or two folks who kind of want to be a stick in the mud but once the pandemic hit i feel like Kill Team especially with a skirmish game, uh, things got a lot more intimate because people aren't uh, able to play as they used to. You can't just go down to the shop with your mates and take a Saturday off and just play all day. You can't go down and play a tournament or, you know, go down to your local shop on, you know, whatever 
Kill Team Night is and, you know, grind out four or five games over the course of a few hours. And so people have begun to converse a lot more on social media, on Discord. People are also painting a lot more or should be painting. I, I need to be painting more miniatures, I admit. But um, it's become a much more interesting universe of community because everything is seeming to like the, 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 the world is becoming a little bit smaller where, you know, you're talking, instead of talking about macro strategy, you know, how does my kill team beat this kill team? Things are kind of turning into like, you know, people are starting to come up with like backstories for models and they're working on paint schemes and people are sharing ideas for, um, customizable looks and feels for their models doing modifications have you noticed any of that happening where you are because i find it to be absolutely fascinating that in a point in history where we really shouldn't be communicating and playing and socializing uh the the kill team community and the warhammer community has just become almost uh tighter and i think that's really cool yeah i, th I think so as well i think that um it seems to have almost gotten less competitive and, and, and like you said, much more about the narrative, um, which, which again is, is fine by me. That's sort of where I sit in the whole, um, you know, in the, in the spectrum of, of, of gaming, I definitely sit on the, on the narrative side of, of, of gaming rather than, you know, needing to win or needing it to be, you know, completely fair and, and, and stuff like that. And so like you say, I, I think that people have, you know they've they've doubled down on like creating backstories and and uh, getting into you know way more into into the modeling to to make their miniatures look um, you know different from the from the stock miniatures and and, and things like that. So and and you know I, I'm fairly sort of active on 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 Instagram as you know as the main social platform for me I guess and and just the the amount of like challenges and and uh, just, just people posting about about them and their hobby um, has has been quite fun to watch. Um, and 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 you're right that that I should so essentially like me getting back into it hasn't hasn't quite stretched to the to, to the painting side of it yet. It's been much more about the gaming and 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 reading the lore and just enjoying the I suppose the aesthetic of the whole thing. Um, but it, it will come, um, you know, when I get a, a bit more time. But um, um, yeah, I, th I think that, yeah, just exploring that narrative, like that's where the fun is for me, um, is ex exploring the backstories and, um, and, you know, coming up with names and, and, uh, and, and things like that. And, and, and like you say, that kind of discussion always brings people together, I think, um, which is really nice to see. Yeah, it, it is really exciting because the, the community can at times be very, focused exclusively on the competitive scene, who's winning, what's winning, uh, math hammer, how to min-max every little point out of your your kill team roster or even your main roster for, you know, a 2,000, 1,500-point game. And since 2020 has been pretty much nullified of competitive results, the focus has to turn somewhere. And I love the fact that the community decided, all right, let's do all these challenges like you were talking about. Let's start working on narrative events. I've seen a lot of people start trying to figure out ways to do things at home, either with you know friends or a partner or kids. 
and it keeps the players entertained and participating in the hobby, but it doesn't ostracize anyone. And I think that's my favorite thing about what's happened during the pandemic is um, the the miniature world has become, I think, significantly more accessible to any player of any age. I've seen more parents posting about how they started teaching their kid uh, Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, Necromunda, Kill Team, like literally whatever you want to, you know, insert name here. And they're like, man, my kid's really good at this. Or man, my kid loves painting. Or man, I'm having so much fun with my family or my wife or girlfriend or, or whatever. Like, it's, it's just like, wow, I have never seen this much of a surge of community in all the years I've been playing. And I think that's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see. It, you know, it's similar to this, um, you know, this sort of like popular resurgence of, uh, well, not resurgence. Um, I'm sure the community would would not enjoy me saying that, but just sort of this, um, you know, coming into popularity of like Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. It's, it's, it's becoming, uh, you know, way more in the public eye um, for, 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 you know, for this hobby. And like I say, it more just sort of, for want of a better term, sort of accept an acceptable way to spend your time, which is fantastic. Like I said before, it's an amazingly creative outlet. I, I think it gave me a lot as a kid. Um, and it's nice to see that more and more people are embracing it. And I, I think you're right. I think that's part of that, um, certainly over the past six or seven months is, I, you know, I, I wasn't really aware about the, the the sheer competitiveness that 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 some of it can get into um and you know coming from second edition and and then sort of taking a 20 year break um um and then one of the things that I started listening to you know when I was sort of doing all my research and selling off my old stuff and 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 buying some buying a, a little bit of new stuff was was listen to to, uh, to this podcast and obviously you were doing sort of um, you know, like convention and, and, and competition uh, reports and things like that. And I was like, wow, you know, people really go in on the, on the competitive side of it. And, and to me, it was always that that was new to me, to me, it was like I said before, to me, it was always about like narrative and things like that, you know, reading the, 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 the reports, the, the, the battle reports in white dwarf, and they would have a backstory and, um, and, the, the one, you know, I remember one of my favorite ones was the one that they had his Imperial Guard and Orcs. They did the, like the Zulu um, uh, <laughs> uh, battle report. And it was like, this is amazing. Like that was what it was about for me. And then, and then, you know, listening to you sort of, you know, highlight what, what had what perhaps even become sort of like the main focus for a lot of people was the competitive side of it. And then for that to have somewhat disappeared um, over the last six, six or seven months is I think, I think to a degree it has done the hobby a favor. Um, that's not to say that there's not a, a place for it. Of course there is, but I, I, I feel like to some degree it sort of like relaxed it a little bit. Like even I've seen loads of people like talking about, you know, with others and, and, and writing up like solo rules, um, like si- single player kill team or, or, or Nick Remunder or, or whatever, um, which is a really f- sort of fascinating thing for, uh, I'm not aware that that's been a, th- a thing ever um for, for these types of games and so it, again it's it's that idea of you know people having an idea about something and then talking about it with a bunch of other people online uh and then you know finding something that again allows them to to take part in their hobby um yeah i th- i think it's it's been great so here's a question for you because i i absolutely agree and i thought it was uh quite interesting that 
in a in a year where there's there's no competitive anything. Like we lost Adepticon, we lost Nova. I think LVO fired off, and then pretty much everything else just had to shut down because of obviously this frustrating pandemic. But um, as you said, and as we've both noticed, without any kind of means to have competitive tournaments, like there there is no competitive event, at least in, not in the U.S. that I'm aware of. So you don't need to prep. You don't need to grind games. You don't need to talk or postulate or do any kind of work for it because uh, you have to wait until 2021. And so taking all of that time and effort, and as we've said multiple times in the show, it's turned into, hey, let's talk about the narrative. Hey, let's like talk about what this character does. What is the backstory of my model? What is the backstory of my kill team? Um, I have a narrative story. You have a narrative story. Let's kind of mesh it together where, you know, my space Marines are trying to help save people on X planet and your orcs are trying to conquer it. And so, you know, there's this really interesting narrative that didn't really exist before because, you know, when you play kill team, it's generally my guys versus your guys roll some dice. And that's the, the course of the game. Now people are starting to really make it personal. They're adding in that creative factor of narration, storytelling, like Kill Team written in the book has so much campaign continuity where you're supposed to have characters that gain experience. And then as they quote unquote level up kind of D&D style, you give them different abilities and you unlock different stuff and so you um, you have this evergreen kind of kill team where they start at, you know, this one point. And as you play more games, you know, you might lose Sergeant Johnson, but you have, you know, Dave the Barbarian who just becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And, you know, you, you play games with your friends who have their own story. And it just becomes more interesting because uh, we did that. Uh, in Texas when I was living in Dallas for a while, we just did a campaign. So it wasn't really based on winning or losing. It was more based on playing games and having this narrative and actually using some of the components in the, the Kill Team rulebook that people were kind of not using at the time. And so it was fun because after like six weeks, my Kill Team did not look anything like where I started. I'd lost a couple guys. I had a couple guys who were like level three. Me and my opponent were like sharing stories about how like this one model... Uh, staved off like six attacks and never died. And then that one model over there killed a guy with like a six and a six and his opponent rolled like double ones. And it was really fun because you're like laughing and telling these fun stories about what had happened over the course of, you know, almost two months. And I am seeing that now more than ever in the kill team, Facebook groups and Reddit and discord and it's, it's kind of interesting because, like you said, when you remove that competitive element, people now begin to zone in on the narrative element. And the question I'm going to get to is, uh, do you think Games Workshop really intended Kill Team to be narrative heavy? Because I know in my podcasting, we focused tried to focus on like 50-50, probably more like 60-40 because competitive was important. And a lot of people are asking why is this faction competitive? Because when they went to a tournament, they didn't want to get stepped on. But if you look at the game, the core rulebook, there is a lot of role-playing elements built in. 
And now that we're seeing people experience that, it's like, man, this seems way more fun than a competitive environment. Yeah, I, I, I think my feeling is that it was certainly aimed um, at, at the, um, the narrative side of things. Um, I suppose the the reason why I feel that is because, again, like I say, I, because I came from Necromunda, my my feeling is that any kind of skirmish game is always going to be a bit more narrative um, just because there's there's fewer you know, models. And so you're more likely to, um, even if you're not encouraged to, I think that you're, because there's fewer models, you're more likely to, um, to, to be, to, to get attached to a particular, like I say, even if you haven't created some backstory narrative to go with it, you're more likely to get attached to a particular model because, you know, you're only focusing on six, seven, eight, um, models in, in, in your team. Um, so I think, so I think that that, that was, I, I, my feeling is that it was meant to be narrative, and 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 I think that that was, um, I th- I think that that for me is confirmed when they when they brought out Arena, um, just because that that was to my knowledge, um, you know, and I could be wrong that that was meant to be like the competitive version um, of, of of Kill Team, um, and you know, and and they, you know, bringing out something you know like Commanders and that where again you can. To me, that adds to the to, to the narrative because suddenly you've got you know a kill team and but but you you can really go to town on on you know on on the, on the commander aspect of it as well you know from a, a narrative point of view. Um, so yeah, my my feeling is that it it if it wasn't meant to by by Games Workshop, I would sort of feel like it was. But if it wasn't meant to, then it's absolute to, in my mind. It absolutely lends itself to a, a you know a, a narrative way of playing um, just because of the. The, the smaller, uh, you know, the smaller count of, of, of miniatures. Um, it was, you know, if you have a small war band of, of, of whatever, um, I think that you get attached to them or I do anyway, maybe it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Could well just be me. Uh, no, no, I, I have some absolutely hilarious stories of, like I play a lot of Tau and I play a lot of Poxwalkers. So I have a lot of little tiny models that are very weak and don't do much and shouldn't survive. But you have that one game where like uh, I have a Poxwalker. I named him Dave because he took, I, I actually have it not notched on his base. I think he took like five or six attacks, like to the face. And we're talking about a Poxwalker that I think is like, toughness three so pretty much everyone hits him on like a two up and everyone wounds him on a two up and he has a seven up t-shirt save so he doesn't even get a save he just has the feel no pain five up and seeing this little model just stand on a point and get punched and shot and slash with a sword and he's like no i'm still gonna stand here and take it is like the dumbest thing because your opponent is just so frustrated they're like this is a pox walker it should die and you're like it should but he's not <laughs> and so just to, like, me, ah! to me that's where the fun is like where where, yeah. where where like where things absolutely should not happen but but they do and you know it's it's funny you know, as, as, as much as the other person might be getting, you know, really, really annoyed. It's like, well, I'm not doing anything. It's, this is just a funny thing. And, and I enjoy that, that, that underdogness of, of that, I guess, like it's not kill team, but, um, I have increasingly been feeling that I might want to start playing a little bit of blood bowl and, and the, 
and like I've got a few people who who, who play and they're oh you know what kind of t- team do you want to go for and it's like well halflings obviously because absolutely ridiculous and and of no no good whatsoever or, or like there's a snotling team I think isn't there and it's like well absolutely that's obviously that's what I'm going to go for because it would be ridiculous and funny that's sort of where I'm at with it you know I I want it to be like this silly narrative that that creates mirth i guess but um yeah i'm i'm definitely don't take my gaming too seriously and 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 have been known to to you know absolutely pile into a situation that i know that i'm not going to come out of favorably um but then i do and it's funny so why not yeah and i think for the people who are sitting on the edge i know a lot of people have multiple different things they're considering but for me i remember all of the dumb goofy stuff that happened to me or i did to someone else where you know i i've had a couple games where i had a pox walker kill a model which they shouldn't and then in the rule book you can roll a die and i think on like a five or a six it's a really low chance but you can essentially turn them into a zombie and it's really funny because I've had, in all the many games I played, at least a few hundred, uh, one time I had a Poxwalker eat my opponent's uh, leader and turn him into a zombie. And they were just like almost on the verge of crying because they're like, why? And it was a space ring too. So, you know, they've got all these insane, insane saves, insane stats. And this little zombie just walks up, bites him. He's like, brains. And I remember that over like, any competitive game I've ever played because we're both just laughing our heads off. We're like, you know, I'm like, all right, I need like a six to hit, roll a six. And he's like, oh no, I'll be fine. I'm like, all right, I need a six to wound, roll a six. He's like, oh. He's like, well, I need a six up or I need a three up to save on Space Marine. Rolls like a one. Oh, I get to reroll that. Rolls like a two. Okay, I'm going to pick man point and reroll this. I'll be fine. Rolls like another one. He's like, oh my gosh. Uh, roll a flesh wound, fail. What? All right, I'm going to try and uh, turn you into a zombie. I need like a six, six. He's like, ah! <laughs> We're just both like aghast at what happened because the math is not, it's never supposed to happen. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I sort of feel like it's nice that that kind of stuff still exists as well. Like, I, 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 I don't know whether, I mean, you could probably design that out. You know, you, you could probably introduce some rule whereby that, series of events doesn't happen and I'm, I'm glad that it doesn't because i think that those ridiculous elements need to stay um i like i remember going to games workshop back when i was playing when i was a kid and, and all i took a lot like it was it was a mo- like a, a big army game where the armies were just made up by different people bringing up bringing along different models so somebody would bring a you know a tactical squad and somebody would bring a vehicle and and, and you'd make up the armies and i just took along a rhino that's all I had painted up at the time. I just took along a rhino. So it's just me sort of like buzzing about the battlefield in this rhino. And then I just, I ran, I, I ran into a dreadnought. I think it was, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a chaos dreadnought or something like that. And, uh, and took it out just like running into this dreadnought with my <laughs> rhino, just took it out. And everybody's like, what? Sorry. Sorry. What happened there? And all this, I, I just like, I distinctly remember all this stuff going that prob that shouldn't happen, but it has. And, <laughs> And I won a poster. I, like, I walked out that night with my dad. My dad was there. Like, I walked out with a poster because they just felt like they needed to award me with something for this ridiculous thing that had happened. <laughs> and if that stuff, like, I remember that. That was 20 years ago, and I remember that. And, and, and like I say, that's the stuff that really 
really sort of make lets me have fun with, with the hobby and and um you know the the non-serious stuff that's that's what i enjoy yeah and i i absolutely agree with you because gaming at its core in my opinion is meant to be a social event like it's nice to have a competitive environment if you want to kind of stretch your brain and try and find means and strategies and tactics and ways to beat other people but for the most part when you're playing at your local shop you want you don't want to lose like you don't want to like throw a game but you also want to have fun and i think more people enjoy having fun when goofy dumb stuff just happens and you're like oh that orc just killed a terminator wow (laughs) because like you said you remember something when you were a kid i remember something from uh one of my local events like all these memories come from unique experiences that you you generally don't get in a competitive environment it can happen but when you're playing like a narrative you know, week at your local shop or you're playing with a friend, you're trying a new uh, kill team or you're trying a new combination of models or just trying something stupid where it's like, okay, I'm going to play like, you know, whatever, all of this one model. We're just going to spam orc boys and see what happens. Woohoo. It's kind of fun to walk away with these weird shouldn't have happened moments, especially if you're playing like, you know, against uh, custodus with orcs. You're like, "I I wiped them off the board. Like, how? How did you do that? It's not possible. <laughs> uh, but you and that friend you played with will remember that for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I just, I, th- I think as well that there's a certain element. I, I suppose it depends what you like as a person as well. I, th- I think, you know, you, you absolutely do get competitive players and, and, and people and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I suppose the way that, that my life is, is that I have to consider quite carefully things that I do in in my life um for one reason or another and 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 this the type of gaming that I enjoy I, I the narrative one where I'm 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 not particularly fussed like you say you don't want to lose but I'm not fussed if I lose and actually if I think I'm going to lose then I'm probably going to do something strate- strategically bonkers um you know <laughs> you know just sort of you know, run into, like I say, run into a situation that I'm absolutely not going to come out of favorably. Um, and if I lose, then no, no bother. It, it was still fun, like throwing away an entire squad in that one move. But actually, <laughs> if, if I win, it will be hilarious. And, and, and that will be worth yeah. it. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose it is just an extension of, of who you are as a person, isn't it? Perhaps. But that's kind of the big thing that makes miniatures different from other games. Because if you think about it, when you play a board game, the board game is pretty much self-sustainable. Like you you don't have a significant amount of customizability. Um, You know, I'm not thinking about like customizable games per se. I'm thinking about like, you know, like Settlers of Catan or like Battlestar Galactica, Cosmic Encounter, you know, like board games where you and a bunch of people sit down and there's a goal, either, you know, find the imposter and kill them or score a certain amount of victory points or the person with the most money wins the game after, you know, X amount of rounds or whatever those are. And generally that experience is fairly the same every time you play it. The difference in the experience is the people you play it with. When you talk about a miniature game, you have the opportunity to buy a significantly large uh, swath of models. So you can be orcs, you can be Tau, you can be Chaos, 
Eldar, Space Marines, so on and so forth. There's there's a lot of options. On top of that, you can paint them however you want. You can have pink orcs. You can have chartreuse Space Marines. You can have rainbow-colored Eldar. Like it, it literally doesn't matter. It's your imagination and what you want. On top of that, you get to play these games, and we're talking about Kill Team specifically, in whatever play style you want. If you want to sit back and just shoot a bunch of guns, if you want to get really aggressive and run down the field with corn berserkers, um, the game gives you so many layers of options. And then on top of all of that, if that wasn't enough, you can name your models. If you want to play a campaign, you can give them backstories. They gain experience points, which allows you to upgrade them and have a pseudo role-playing game element where the more you play and the more they do, the more is added into this backstory of, you know, they started as a new recruit and now they're a grizzled veteran. It's like, well, okay, how did that happen? And you get to tell this person you're talking to about all of the really great and amazing things that this model has done over the course of, you know, X amount of games. And that can inspire people to either do that themselves. Some people get really excited and like, man, I want to play with that army now. And they go and buy a box of, you know, corn berserkers or whatever for this example. But it's it's really cool because unlike traditional gaming, miniatures have so many different intersections for people to make the game their own. And the fact that the competitive environment has been limited people are starting to significant, like they're really starting to own it. It's like this kill team is kill team alpha beta quadrant 42. And this is this guy's name. This is Dave and John and Jake and, and Phoenix and uh, kerfuffle man. And it's like, wait, why is he named kerfuffle man? Like, well, I got a story for this guy. He didn't, he couldn't open doors. You know, he kept rolling like ones when we were playing on arena and he just stood there all game staring at the door. And you're like, Oh, that stinks. And you're like, yeah, I know. Just, it's it's uh it's so exciting because I don't think we've seen this before in in spades as we have and I think that the excitement that people are having right now is really bleeding over into a lot of different areas and people are starting to go hey I want to play miniature games how do I do that and a lot of people are becoming champions and saying hey you can play Kill Team or Necromunda or Warcry, or I really think Blood Bowl is a fun game. So Blood Bowl, and you have to buy like a rule book and maybe a box of minis and you could start playing. And people go, really? And now the miniature world is getting a lot of exposure in cross-pollination. And it's really neat because we're starting to see people from so many different other gaming worlds experience what we've been playing for a while. And they're, they're just so excited to uh try this for the first time ever absolutely and and i think i, th I think you're right i think there's almost a, in, in sort of an infinite um d uh, number of of ways that you can that you can you know ap approach a game you know not only are there multiple different games that, that you can um you know play but yeah e each faction within kill team or whichever game um play in a certain way and then and then and then you get to sort of um enforce your personality on 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 that faction as well so you know yes you could if if you are 
a, you know a, a particularly offensive player, uh, not offensive, but if you like offense, um, then you know you're going to pick a bit. <laughs> if you're going to pick, you might naturally err towards a particular faction. But actually, it's like, well, what if you were to pick a faction that is way more defensive in its in, in its strengths? Um, how it's it's really interesting for me anyway. Um, f- figuring out how a an offensive player might play with a defensive faction uh, or a naturally defensive faction and so and so just sort of like introducing those kind of elements as well like you know the way different people approach different problems um which is really interesting and and then actually the, the other thing about just sort of more and more people getting into it certainly and and again this is sort of a bit of a a stark um realization that, that i had coming back into it after 20 20 years really was that when i was a kid doing it like almost everything in 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 games workshop was was white and male um and and coming back to it now um there it's it's less so um and i i and, and i think that that's amazing as well you know if 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 people are able to see themselves in the miniatures um, you know, be it a you know a, a, a black painted miniature, or you know a, a, an Escher or Sisters of Battle mini, or, or something like that. Like that, that is also to me, in my opinion, is having a great effect on just really making it open to you know something that everybody can enjoy. Um, you know, and I think there's a way to go, but I think that it's that to me has been very pleasing you know like as a white male that to me is pleasing that this hobby that i used to very much enjoy and and i'm increasingly enjoying it now is is open to everybody that i that i think can come and enjoy it so um and like i say yeah you can play it however you want and with whoever you want and yeah it's 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 coming back to it has been pleasing and you know i i know that there's people have their, their their problems with certain aspects of it but i think that it's it seems to be getting a little bit better um and it it seems to be like you say it seems to be um really appealing to a, a, a really wide range group of people now um which is only ever going to make it a better hobby i think absolutely yeah i agree i i the more i think about it i think what you said specifically about losing that competitive aspect might have helped the game i i didn't really consider that just because i guess i didn't but the more i think about it the more i feel like there's been this injection of life into miniatures as a whole not just specifically kill team because people are getting really excited about it for all kinds of different reasons. And before 2020 happened, if you looked at a lot of posts in miniature game groups, miniature game, Facebook, Discord, social media, a a good hefty chunk of it was competitive. And I'm really not trying to sound like competitive is bad by any means. But what I am trying to say is the the focus and the largest amount of conversation you could find on the surface was built around uh, competitive viability, max math, uh, what's good, what's not, what performed well at this event, so on and so forth. There were plenty of people who had miniatures, they were painting, hobby tips, 
um, narrative things, but the majority of people were asking, hey, is this a good model? Is this a good list? Is this a good weapon? Why? And so that would populate the conversation to focus on the competitive aspect to answer the question, why is this good? Why is this not good? But now that that's not on the forefront and we see more people coming, I've seen so many people from D&D start playing these games and they're like, oh man, this is like D&D the game because they're already doing, like, you know, when you play D&D, for those who don't know, you build a character, you go on adventures, you do all kinds of stuff in your imagination. Uh, Kill Team is basically like a combat that would happen within a D&D game. So instead of, you know, role-playing that you're going to go to the tavern and buy some drinks and try and hunt down a bounty, uh, a game of Kill Team would be like you and your friends finding a dragon and fighting it, except instead of a dragon, it's Chaos Space Marines, and you're the Tau or whatever faction you want to be. You know, replace X and Y variables with whatever you want. But it's that same opportunity to imagine, uh, you know, a scenario where you're playing with, you know, whatever your backstory is versus this enemy, whatever their backstory is. And the point I'm trying to make, because it just makes me really excited, is whenever a game can bring new people in, that always increases the length and the life of the game because those people will bring, potentially and hopefully, new people after a year will bring in more new people who after some period of time will bring in more new people. And it's this ripple effect. If a game just becomes stagnant where it's me, Simon, and one other person, and we don't bring anyone in for the you know next two years then it's still the three of us playing the same game and it probably gets boring. But if we bring in three new people and then those three people bring in three more people, now we're at nine and you know so on and so forth, exponential math. Um, but that gives me a lot of excitement because I think one of the topics a lot of people have started to bring to the forefront about Kill Team is uh, they suspect that Kill Team might be dead. They think, oh, you know, Games Workshop, let it go. Games Workshop's not supporting it. We don't know what the answer to that question is, but we do have a lot of books. We have the core rule book, Commanders, Elites, uh, Arena. We have enough content that with a little bit of imagination, you could play the game forever. Like for the rest of your life, you have enough source material to start playing the game and then adding in custom components if you should so choose or, you know, just make a new kill team with a new backstory and start from scratch. There's a lot of really flexible means to playing this game. And this kind of goes into the last question I wanted to ask you. Um, coming from Necromunda, playing kill team, do you feel like these skirmish games give players a lot of flexibility to express themselves or do you think the inverse? I, I think I know what the answer is, but I'm setting you up for this question, obviously. Uh, how flexible do you think skirmish games are for uh, newer players or people who are trying to get back in after coming from, you know, big games where it's like, I got to play 2,000 points and they're all nameless characters and, you know, we just roll dice and kill things, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, and I think I'll probably answer it in the way that you expect as well, is that I, I think that it is... The skirmish games, for me anyway, I think that they are way more able to um, appeal to people's want to, to personalize things. And, and, and the reason why that is, is just, I, th I think it does 
just come down to the numbers. Um, I think that it probably is possible to run a, a very narrative heavy uh, 40k army or, or like an you know like a, an apocalypse setup or something like that. But if if you want to individual, you know, I, again to my knowledge is that you know if you're painting up 50 space marines or whatever, then often you just want to get through it. Um, you they're just going to be fairly you know, they're sort of grunts essentially and they're they're all going to look the same because you want to get through it. If, you know, you could sit down and you could paint each one of those, um, each one of those 50 Space Marines uh, very, very personally and you could, you know, you could model them so that they all look a little bit different. You could give them all names and backstories and stuff like that. But it's going to take you a long, 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 long time and and that isn't going to be helpful for for you know, getting them out on the table. Um, so to me, I think that these type of skirmishes, uh, skirmish games where you've got eight to 10 characters, maybe I think that it is, it, it does much more lend itself to, to not only spending that time on the narrative, but also not spending all the time doing it and allowing, allowing you to get out onto the table and play them. Um, and, and again, to sort of people who want to get into it, it's not, um, you know, a, the, the model count isn't a barrier. Um, you know, if, if you want to go and pay play two thousand points worth of of forty k as a beginner, um, to me, even though I've done that in the past, to me now with my life the way it is, is that that is sort of a bit anxiety inducing. Um, you know, all of that prep work that I need to do in order to be able to field something that is, um, you know, meaningful on the table, whereas the skirmish games being able to sort of, you know, it, it's, it's just more attainable to me to be able to say, well, okay, well, I, I want to start a new kill team. Um, I'd, I'd quite like to start a sisters of, of battle one. Um, and do you know what? All I need is five, five or six miniatures probably. And that to me is attainable in, in my life at the moment. Um, and I will enjoy it as opposed to feeling like I need to buy 30 or 40 old miniatures um, in order to, to feel something meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we could probably talk about this for a long time, but it is, <laughs> it's been a blast. Thank you for coming on Simon. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we get on out of here? Um, I don't think so. I've, I've got nothing to sell. Um, <laughs> thanks. Uh, but, 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 but thank you for, for having me. It's, um, you know, we, we sort of met, um, uh, in sort of a, in sort of a strange way. Um, I'll, I'll leave you to uh, talk about that if you want to, but, um, um, and, <laughs> and, uh, it, it was, it was nice being, you know, and it was at a time when I was, you know, getting back into it and it, it's, it's been nice. I've always enjoyed talking about, um, like I say, the law or the or, or the hobby, even though I'm you know not as into it as as a lot of people are. Um, and so, yeah, thanks very much for having me, and it's 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 been a, a lot of fun. Yeah, and this is just one of my favorite things about miniatures is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're new. It doesn't matter if you're old. Everyone has something equally valuable to contribute, and it's always a super unique conversation because it's never the same one twice. And, um, I mean, it's just been an honor and pleasure to talk to you about this because I will never have experienced that gap of 20 years because I've always been playing since I can remember, but to hear that perspective, it, it gives me the opportunity to understand where people are coming from. And I think that's valuable because 
everybody has a story and everyone's story is important unless you're a jerk then we have a problem but otherwise uh, nor- normally that's not the case but um yeah it's it's just so much fun if people come on the show and talk about uh, their love for the game because that's what brings us together and uh, hopefully at one point i do hope that we can get together and play a game uh sans covid and i i guess somehow you come to the u.s or i come to the uk we'll figure that out later but absolutely yeah um, i mean in in in, in better times <laughs> um i am often in la like once a year um so which is a bit of a trek for you but um um yeah, absolutely. It would be it'd be good fun. And and if 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 one if one person listens to this and, and hasn't been in the hobby for a while and decides to sort of have a, another crack at it or has been interested in, in coming back to it, then then job done, I think. Thank you so much, Simon, for coming on. I really appreciate it. You know, uh it it was a blast. I very sincerely enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. All right. Uh we will see everyone next time. And as always, remember, keep on killing them. <laughs>